Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Tomorrow is the 4th of July, the big holiday for our friends and neighbors and allies in the United States. And uh, the United States Supreme Court is making headlines, not only in the U.S., but also the rest of the world, particularly Roe versus Wade. But other decisions handed down by the court in the last couple of days have made and continue to make headlines. The United States Supreme Court upheld the right of Americans to carry firearms outside their home for self-protection. They restored a high school football coach's right to pray on the 50-yard line after games. They also limited the power, the court did, of the Environmental Protection Agency to regulate greenhouse gas emissions from power plants. And the court overturned the Donald Trump Remain in Mexico policy, which sent asylum seekers to live in Mexico while their immigration cases were being heard. So, uh, you know, these, these, these particular decisions come down right around the 4th of July. And we have a sense, and we talked about this earlier with another guest, uh, Professor Terry Madonna from Pennsylvania, that there's a sense of unease in the United States. There isn't the USA, USA, USA feeling anymore. At least we don't see it as much. There's more of a, a tension and, um, and unease in our neighbor's country to the south. Let's talk about the Supreme Court, the decisions they've made. Let's talk about what's going on with our friends. Dick Howard is the Warner Booker Distinguished Professor of International Law at the University of Virginia. After graduating from law school, Professor Howard was law clerk to Justice Hugo L. Black of the Supreme Court of the United States. Professor Howard, thank you very much for joining us on this day before the 4th of July. And we've been saying the U.S. appears internally to be in a perpetual state of unease. Is it? Well, we've been in a state of perpetual unease for some time now, but uh, it hasn't hit the Supreme Court the way it did this term for, for, for many years. I think we got used to a court which had a sort of a centrist instinct we had. Anthony Kennedy, we had John Roberts, we had uh, Sandra Day O'Connor, we had others who kept the court to sort of a middle course. Uh, that has been completely thrown aside in this most recent term. Uh, this is probably the most remarkable term that we've seen in the Supreme Court perhaps since the 1930s. Is the Supreme Court now, this is the accusations that's been made, certainly by the Democrats, that it's become a political of an arm, a political arm, of the of the Republican Party because of the, uh, the the justices that were placed on the court, particularly during the Trump administration, is there a perception in the U.S. that the Supreme Court is a is a political more than a judicial entity? Over over the years, um, in in public opinion polls, in which people are asked which institutions do you respect, and they talk about the press and Congress and all the others. Typically, journalists and congressmen and the like get fairly low marks, and the Supreme Court has gotten rather high marks. I think that's changing now. I think in the eye of the public, many people see the court as much more nearly aligned with the political parties than they have been in in, in recent years. Uh, Indeed, on the present court, if you want to predict how a particular justice will vote, it's fairly easy to look at the president who put that particular justice on the bench. That's not been true in the past. So I'm afraid some of these decisions uh, have the effect of eroding public confidence in the court. Mm-hmm. 
Roe versus Wade, the decision and the aftermath of decision of the decision. It's still reverberating. It's been talked about in so many countries. Certainly was discussed here with Prime Minister Trudeau saying that as far as he's concerned, there will be no changes to legislation or at least the opportunity, the right for a woman to have an abortion in in this country. I've spoken with the front runner for to become leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. He also said that there's not going to be any change to the reality for a woman having the right to get an abortion in this country. Does the Biden administration have options to sidestep the Supreme Court, perhaps by introducing differently written legislation supporting the right to abortion nationally? President Biden and other Democrats obviously hope that the Supreme Court's decision overturning Roe versus Wade will be a potent campaign issue in, in November that voters will decide they don't like what the Supreme Court's doing and therefore vote for a Democrat. Aside from the political uh, arena, I think the president's options are fairly limited. Uh, there simply aren't the votes in the Senate to set aside the filibuster and achieve some kind of national legislation protecting access to abortion. And therefore, the president and his administration can only nibble away at the at the edges. For example, I can imagine proposals that would um, protect the right of people who wish to send uh, uh, morning-after pills and that sort of thing across state lines, or perhaps protect uh, the right of women seeking an abortion in a more friendly state to cross state lines. State laws, I'm sure there are going to be proposals in some state legislatures and in red states to limit travel rights and limit the sending of medicines through the mail, those laws may be struck down on the grounds that they interfere with um, federal interest in interstate commerce or a constitutional right to uh, to travel. Okay. Sometimes I wonder if it really is 2022. Um, the Supreme Court decision, let, let me look at another one with you, uh, Professor Howard. The Supreme Court decision on carrying firearms outside the home for self-protection and the uh, court set aside New York state legislation in that particular case, and yet New York, just days ago, drafted a law which sidesteps the court decision. That is, if I understand it correctly. What can you tell us about that? Well, New York is going to be a test case. If anybody thought that the recent Supreme Court decision from uh, overruling the uh, New York law uh, carrying for carrying guns outside of the home would quiet litigation they <laughs> they're in for a, a, a real upset because uh new york like i suspect some other states may may follow suit the new york legislature has put into place a number of um regulations which though they can't they, they must respect the basic supreme court decision itself they've um decided in this legislation that uh there'll be increased training requirements before you can get an application there'll be increased scrutiny of applicants. Um, there'll be a list of various places which will be off-limits to guns, uh, government buildings, uh, hospitals, churches, any, any number of places, public, public transit. Uh, so it's clear that New York's legislators would like to limit the impact of the Supreme Court's decision as much as they can. I can well imagine further litigation in which the Supreme Court building on this most recent New York case will strike down some of these state laws as being uh, really going too far. Okay, so now we have 
Roe versus Wade, abortion, and we have guns, the gun legislation. So those are two um, very uh, uh, emotionally challenging issues, certainly in, uh, across the board and with guns in, in the United States particularly. So we witness these Supreme Court decisions, and they happen in rapid succession. There are others we'll talk about in a minute. And we also hear the frustration as well as the support from different groups of Americans for these uh, for these decisions. We look outside the United States, we look at your country, and we've always, many of us have just constantly admired what you've accomplished, and you've led so much of the Western world by example. And now we look at the United States and we ask ourselves, is the U.S. a nation increasingly at odds with itself? And if it is, what does that say for the rest of us? Is, is America, is your country, at odds with itself? Well, you know, there's this American tradition of what we call American exceptionalism. It's the notion that over the years, especially since World War II, that the United States has been, as they put it, a city on a hill, sort of a beacon to democratic systems around the world. And that I think that was largely true after World War II, and especially after the collapse of communism and uh, after the Berlin Wall came down in 1989. So back in the 1990s, it was easy to predict, as uh, Francis Fukuyama did, that the world was moving towards uh, a system of liberal democracy. We know today we don't talk that way anymore. We know today that's simply not so. And in, increasingly, you find the American system, the American political system, a system uh, almost a house divided against itself, a country segregating into red states and blue states, a Supreme Court that has been pushing a lot of major decisions back onto the states, abortion being the most obvious recent example of it. And so the result is that if you're looking at America from abroad, I don't think you see this city on a hill anymore. You see the the family members fighting with each other. So there was Roe versus Wade. There's the firearms legislation and overturning the legislation from the state of New York. Now there's, um, well, actually a couple here. There's the court overturning, let's start with this one, the court overturning Donald Trump's Remain in Mexico regulation. And I have seen some stories that this isn't going over very well, particularly in places like Texas and Arizona. So the, the, the regulation required people who were petitioning to come to the United States from Mexico or places or countries south of Mexico had to apply from within Mexico. The court says that's no longer necessary. What's the rationale behind this, and what do you expect the reaction to be? This is an interesting exception to the um, overall trend of this term. Conservative justices, typically in a six-to-three opinion, um, rebuffed liberal uh, causes like abortion and, and gun control. And the decision in the Remain in Mexico case is an interesting exception to that, to that general practice. It was a rare victory for the Biden administration because the Supreme Court said that uh, all the, that the prevailing statute under which the uh, question of asylum seekers is, uh, is handled uh, gives the administration discretion to decide whether or not to require asylum seekers to remain in Mexico before they come to the United States seeking asylum that the statute uses the word may, and may means may. I think what's at play in that case with the majority decision, there was a dissent, but I think the majority justices, uh, Chief Justice Roberts in particular, 
decided that the where the president is dealing with matters of relations with other countries, foreign relations, that's an area in which the court ought to tread lightly and give the cut the administration some slack, give them more discretion. So as a result, the um, court, this is a decision in the president's favor. I'm not sure in practical terms how much difference it actually makes because it's not clear that uh, there were that many cases where the administration, in fact, had been uh, requiring asylum seekers to stay outside the country. But at any rate, the bottom line is the president has discretion, which conservative critics of his administration down in Texas and places like that uh, aren't happy about. Yeah, they're certainly unhappy about it. And Texas is talking about uh, taking care of their business without the uh, cooperation of the federal government. Now, when it comes to uh, another issue, and this is massive, our prime minister talks about climate change at every opportunity, uh, even when it's not asked about it. But the uh, Environmental Protection Agency in the United States was just told by your Supreme Court that uh, it has limited power to regulate greenhouse gas emissions from power plants. That's a big decision. This is certainly one of the most important decisions of the term, not only because of its impact on uh, dealing with climate change, but the larger question of how the court feels about the so-called administrative state. Um, for We got used to the 20th century practice as government became bigger and more complex. There was a proliferation of administrative agencies, especially during and after Franklin Roosevelt's New Deal and since that time, in which Congress understandably said we, we can't regulate and, and can't deal with the details of regulation. We will give administrative agencies a fair amount of discretion. Well, that practice uh, worked pretty well for a time because if the court struck down a particular regulation, they always could say, well, it's a matter for Congress to decide. If they don't like what the court has said, they can pass a new statute. Well, that's not the case anymore. Today we have a dysfunctional Congress, so it's folly to suppose that if if the Congress doesn't like what the court does, they can do anything about it. It's been clear that for many years now, conservatives have had the so-called administrative uh, state in their crosshairs. They, they want to dismantle that state. They want to reduce the power of regulatory agencies. So in the EPA case, obviously, it's a question of climate change and climate control. But beyond that, there are many other agencies that I'm sure the business interests and the like would like to, dis- whose powers they would like to dismantle as well. So in policy terms, the court's decision is a blow to the Biden administration's ability to do something about climate change. But as I say, in the larger sense, it's also uh, sort of a shot across the bow for administrative law generally. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 